0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hot Sheet Podcast with the Bear and the Parrot, Josh and Jeff. I am Josh the Bear in North Carolina. He is Jeff the Parrot in Massachusetts. How are you doing there, Parrot?
1: Not doing too bad, man. It's been overcast and rainy here for the better part of a week, but you know I'm I'm dodging between the raindrops as much as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, we are um, we are there right now. It's not so much. I think we're going to get a different style of rain. We we're becoming Florida for the next mm, two weeks or so. Uh, I looked on the forecast the other night, and it was lightning bolts as far as the eye could see uh, today. Something like today being Tuesday looks like. Two inches of rain at some point today, uh, so I don't I don't know what kind of baseball I'm going to be seeing for a a long while. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very very wet and wild here in North Carolina. But the weather here does not stop the weather on the hot sheet, where it is always full of torrential downpours of prospects. So we will start this week, um, Jeff. Number one player on the list that you picked is reds right-hander Connor Phillips and you being the pitching whisperer and the hot sheet assembler, what do you think about Connor Phillips?
1: Yeah, man. I, I think Phillips, you know, got promoted up to AAA. um, really, really interesting player. Uh, just from the sense of huge stuff was the player to be named later, actually in the Jesse Winker, uh, Eugenio Suarez deal. Um, Ton of ride in the fastball. And I think, you know, some of it's probably aided by the Southern League tack balls, but not all of it. There was always ride in that fastball to begin with. Ton of power. It's a really unique shape. Um, mixes, you know, good secondary stuff, particularly the breaking balls are good. Um, he's really interesting to me. It looks like another arm here. Um, that, you know, has high fire firepower and you know, could potentially turn into a major guy. Um, for the Reds, I mean, this organization right now is just brimming with really interesting players. And, you know, they're in the chase for the NL Central. As crazy as that seems, this could be another guy that if he pitches well in AAA, I don't think it would be a shock if he's up in July and, you know, potentially making starts for Cincinnati. So,
0: or Or you could spin him for some sort of reinforcement.
1: They're uh, not going to trade a, a a controllable asset that doesn't have a high dollar value and is years away from arbitration. That is not how this Reds organization seems to be doing things. Yeah, I just I think we're going to see more prospects than we're going to see them trade uh, away assets with you know control that could be part of this core for a few years. Um, because I think outside of like Hunter Green and Lodolo, um, and maybe Andrew Abbott, if you're a big Abbott fan. I'd say Phillips is right there three or four in terms of their most interesting arms. So um, I'm going to see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah. I mean it, It's possible. Like if they, they could make trades and use some of their guys to do it I And mean, once, you know, I'm not going to mention who else could get traded, but there are plenty of other guys in that system who could, if they want to really go for it in this new super expanded playoff uh, world that we live in. But yeah, that, Connor Phillips led our hot sheet this week. A little further down was Spencer Jones with the Yankees, who uh, that's my system that I cover. And, you know, I think I wrote in the capsule today for the first couple months of the season, uh, strikeouts were a really big problem for Spencer Jones. And it it was not really something that was under the radar or hidden or anything like that. He struck out way too much. Uh, The last couple weeks, it's it's been a lot better. It's not been, you know, he hasn't gone to crazy low levels, but he's run about 28% the last couple weeks. Uh, and this week, he, this last week against, uh, I believe it was Rome. He showed exactly what he can do. He hit a lot. He hit a few bombs, he stole some bags. He's just a, a, a really good athlete who has a lot of really fun traits about him. And when everything clicks, you, know, you can see a guy who, you know, would be, higher in the system and maybe a little more in top 100 consideration uh, than he is right now. Um, you know, I, I think we just put out our midseason top thirties and I think I lost three or four years off my life trying to figure out the order of the Dominguez Pereira Jones trio. And, you know, you could ask 30 different evaluators and you'd get, I don't think it's possible to get 30 different combinations, but you'd get a lot of different combinations of that list. Um, I put per, uh, Jones third of that group. Wells was in the middle somewhere too, but he's not an outfielder. Um, and the thing, the reason was he struck out way too much, both swinging and looking. Like it was just a, a problem with strike zone management um, and swing decisions. And there were there was some some concern, um, both in and out of the org. Now, if he goes on a tear, maybe he bums up a little higher because you know, the hickey on. Uh Everson Pereira, is, he's a tools monster as well, but he's never on the field. And he's hurt right now, despite not being on the IL. So I put him number two, well, two among that group. And Dominguez, um, he's, got some, he's got some upside too, as you know, you've seen the last couple of years. So that was a little more of a tangent into the, the ranking mechanics of the Yankees than I, I wanted to take today. But the point is, Spencer Jones had a really great week. Uh, against rome and if, if he's turning a corner then you might see him in double a especially considering the first half of the minor league seasons are about to end which means that we will no longer have to talk about the tack ball in the southern league because we will be switching to the mud ball which i think will be very interesting to see how certain hitting prospects do and pitching prospects do in that league once they go back to regular baseballs and fastballs go back to you know not uh Mutant levels, Jeff. The next guy on the list I want you to talk about is Austin Shenton, a former Rays, pro-
1: uh, former uh, Mariners prospect, and uh, now a Rays. Rays
0: prospect. Yes, yes. I was remembering it backwards. I know he I was. Saw- uh,
1: he was acquired al- alongside J.T. Shangwa, 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 who, who
0: was, I think, in our in the history of our prospect pads, he was probably the bre- the best dressed human. um uh, he he looked straight out of an Abercrombie Fitch catalog uh, when he came to the, the one in San Diego, low these many years ago. Oh, um, yes.
1: So, You're fancy. That was way off topic.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm, this is the off topic show with Bear and Parrot.
1: I was um, going to say they were traded to the Rays for Diego Castillo, who I don't even think is in the major leagues any longer. I think he's in the minors. So, there you go. Rays went in again. Um, I think he's really interesting and I I brought this up on the fantasy podcast yesterday but um, Shenton dealt with an injury last season um, which you know kept him sidelined for about half the season I think that he was injured in maybe July was probably around this time last year and then ended up missing the second half of the year Um, just double checking here to make sure that's the case actually it was June June 22nd was his last game but if you take a look at what Shenton has done over the last two years, which amounts to about 110 games, he's in 285, 387, 514 with a 13.8% walk rate. A 28% strikeout rate, so throw some whips, with 27 doubles, 21 home runs. Um, I think that's really interesting. Like, this is a guy where we've seen year-over-year growth. Um, he hits the ball really hard. Um, The chase numbers are low. It's like a 21% chase rate somewhere around there. I think the exit velocity is like 90 percentile is like 106. So it's plus. There's juice in there for sure. Um, And he's walking at a 15.2% walk rate this year. Strikeout rate is down. Um, He looks like somebody that could be joining uh, you guys up in Durham not too long from now. And, you know, I think he's another guy that kind of falls in line with The Brett Wisely's or the Tobias Myers, where he may end up on the chopping block with the Rays 40-man roster this November because they just don't have space for him. But very reasonably could be on somebody's 40-man roster next year, uh, be protected, end up in the major leagues, has that on-base ability, hits for that power. And I had made the prediction to Dylan that I think he'll either be traded prior to that deadline or if he is left unprotected and still on the Rays. That he gets picked pretty early in the rule five draft and could be somebody that sticks around these numbers track these skills track on base ability and power. We've seen it work for Ryan Noda. Um, he's not the defender that Nota is of course, not as athletic as Noda is, but there's power. There's on base ability, similar sort of fringy contact ability to Nota. So I think Sh- Shenton is very interesting for me as kind of like an underrated prospect and, He's been an absolute burner of late, too. So that's the reason he made the hot sheet. And I called him out here because I think he's an interesting player, somebody that I was familiar with during his time in the Cape back in 2018. He's was actually on a Wareham team that won the title uh, with Andrew Vaughn and Bryson Stott, among others.
0: Well, I'm surprised J.J. Cooper, our boss, did not just bust through the back of your, your room there, Kool-Aid man style, because you mentioned his two favorite words in the world, rule five. So- <laughs> when you say that that's jj cooper's music and
1: boom. i'm not too far off man you know i'm i'm yeah. kind of like i'm kind of like jj's you know partner in crime like yeah, your own heart or, or whatever or brett the hitman heart and i'm 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 anvil you know i'm coming in there with a long beard like chasing in and smashing up uh guys in the corner for jj when he's winning his rule five championship
0: i don't know what any of that means but uh I know you got a long way to go in terms of Rule Five obsession, <laughs> like JJ. I don't know if there's any truth to the rumor that he wanted to name his kids Rule and Five, but uh, I I wouldn't doubt it.
1: <laughs> the best is spring training, talking about the Rule Five draft with with Jim Callis and him.
0: Oh no! Him,
1: uh, him, him grunting at me like, oh.
0: <laughs> no, no, no! no, I, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but. Um, at one point we had to, we, we shared rooms at the winter meetings. Um, and JJ was my roommate one year. Um, and I am a notoriously light sleeper. Like it, even on a good night where there's stress-free, I probably won't fall asleep till like three in the morning. Um, he, he's prowling the halls on the eve of the rule five draft, looking for whatever you can get. And I had finally fallen asleep. Thank my lucky star. He comes in and goes, I know who the number one pick's going to be. And I fire a pillow at him. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and I didn't get sleep the rest of the night. Uh, I was a very angry bear who wanted, just wanted one night of hibernation. (laughs) And, uh, and we did get the number one pick. I forget who it was. I forget where we were, but I do remember just going, are you kidding me? That is the obsession. It had to be like 2 in the morning that he came back to the room with that information. Because the man prowls the halls like raccoons prowl dumpsters. Um, and on that lovely image, we will take a break for our commercials. In three,
2: we We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: And we are back, and we are going to kick off the second half of this podcast by talking about Ronnie Mauricio. I'm talking about only New York prospects today because <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, not, 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 a, not a New Yorker, but here's just luck of the draw today. Um, Ronnie Mauricio and his Syracuses are finally coming to Durham this week. Now, will they play any baseball games? I don't know. The weather, as I mentioned earlier, is upsetting. Uh, there's lightning bolts as far as the eye can see. Um, but if they do get to play, Ronnie Mauricio is a really interesting prospect. He came back from the uh, little ankle ding he had and has is leading or near the top of the minor leagues in all sorts of categories. I spelled it out today in odd sheet with, I think it's like extra base hits, total bases, runs, hits, all that good stuff. I don't think he leads in anything, but he's number two in a lot of stuff. And it's taken... I don't want to say it's taken a while with Mauricio, because he's only 22 years old. But, you know, there last year it kind of looked like he had stalled out a little bit of double A. And it turns out just um an escape from Binghamton really does the does the body well. And I, I will say part of the reason he's um doing better this year is the strikeout rate is down. I don't think that's in small I, I don't think it's um an insignificant factor that they are using the ABS in AAA. So he can manage that strike zone a little better, a little more confidently Mm -hmm. knowing what is going to be called a strike and what isn't. Uh, I'd be curious to see what his strikeout rate would look like in the big leagues, but you obviously couldn't attribute it just to the human umpires who are, I'm going to make a hot take here, really freaking good at what they do despite, um, you know, a lot of blowback online when they get one or two calls wrong. Uh, I'll say two, like, If you get 97% of your job correct on any given day, that's pretty good. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we're bickering about over with a lot of umpires. But anyway, I am BA's number one umpire defender. Point is... You you love umpires. I do love umpires. Fun fact, my first... Animals uh, and umpires. Yes. My first Little League jersey, uh, I picked number 15, not for any big leaguer, but for uh, then big league umpire Joe Brinkman. Yes. I picked my little league jersey number after a big league umpire. That's where we are. I have a game used Jim Joyce hat and a, sh- a shirt in my closet. I have a, an umpire indicator from Jim Joyce. I think it's in my field of vision right now. So that's the kind of <laughs> I met him in person because he lived right near one of my best friends growing up. Um, in any case, <laughs> Mauricio, he, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens to his strikeout rate if he got to the big leagues and the human element returned. Uh, but besides the lower strikeout rate, he does have plenty of, you know, impact. He's got Twitch. I don't know where he's going to play in the big leagues. because Obviously there's, you know, shortstop is, is kind of locked up. They're going to have to move him around a little bit, but he's gotten back on the prospect map this year. Um, Fallen off. He's been top 100. And Like I said, if it stops raining, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it at some point this week. Mm. I'm outside right now, and it's getting very dark, as if it is like 4 a.m. right now. (laughs) It's 4 a.m. at 11.30, which is not what you want in terms of weather. No. No, it is not great. Um, So, Jeff, anybody else you want to talk about on the hot sheet?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, Somebody else I wanted to sort of mention here on the hot sheet that... uh, really is interesting to me is Dalton Rogers of the Red Sox. Um, believe he was a third rounder last year um, out of Southern Mississippi. And that is correct. He was a 99th overall pick. I had seen him on the Cape uh, the previous summer in 21. And the stuff has continued to stick up, uh, tick up, tick up. And he's really interesting to me. He's a lower slot left-hander, it's lower 90s, but he will touch like fours and fives. Really flat vertical approach angle. He's got a, three different uh, shapes in the secondaries with a slider, a curveball, a changeup. Can turn over the changeup pretty well. Um, he's been trending upward now for the majority of the season. Got a promotion up to Greenville from Salem. Um, not all that long ago. I think it's this was... Maybe seven, four starts. This was his fourth start um at the high A level. Absolutely dominated through six scoreless innings. I think he allowed um, a couple of hits and, and, or excuse me, no hits actually, and a walk. So he only allowed one base runner. Struck out eleven. Seems like a guy that could potentially trend up to Portland at some point during the summer. It wouldn't shock me if there's only a few more starts left here. Um, it's been a pretty good draft, actually, for the Red Sox. You think about Roman Anthony, you think about Chase Meadroth, both players that look pretty good. We haven't really gotten a good sample size of Mikey Ramiro yet to know what's going on there. Um, Brooks Brandon, after getting really bad reports, is getting good reports. And then Dalton Rogers, who looks like an interesting, maybe it's a back end of the rotation sort of arm, um, but he's a guy with interesting traits, left-handed, throws some strikes, has swing and miss stuff, And I think there's maybe still a little bit more projection to add a few ticks of velocity onto all of his offerings. And then we're really cooking with gas. So I think Rodgers is another guy here um, within the Red Sox system that might be a little bit underrated and a little bit under-discussed. But it wouldn't shock me if, you know, within a few months, he finds a way to sort of push his way to the top of the Red Sox pitcher rankings, just in very deep. Um, But, you know, when I look at a Shane Drohan, I look at a Dalton Rodgers, There's actually traits with Rodgers I think I like more than I do with Drohan, who made a fairly significant jump into the top 10 of the Red Sox system.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. But I think the biggest factor for Dalton Rodgers is that I haven't seen him this year. And given the amount of Red Sox prospects I have cursed with my presence, um, that's good for him.
1: Louis Peralis seems to be uh, recovering, though. You saw he him earlier.
0: He He's recovering.
1: He's looking pretty good. So stay the hell away, Josh, okay? I want Peralis to be
0: bear good. Flu. Um, it's, it usually <laughs> takes two months or so.
1: Uh, we're going to call the post Josh Norris struggles the bear flu. <laughs> uh,
0: the bear flu is the new pandemic. It's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Only impacts pitchers in the Carolina leagues and. So hey, 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 hey,
0: I, I gave the bear flu to Marcelo. May- no, you know what, Marcelo Mayer didn't get cursed by my presence. He had the actual human flu, um, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then he got that. Uh, my, my presence was coincidental, um, but Wickelman Gonzalez, I believe, has recovered from the bear flu as well. Uh, so, things are looking better for the Red Sox now that I haven't seen them. Oh, Elmer Rodriguez Cruz too. Uh, he's done pretty well of late.
1: He I, hasn't like pitched poorly all year other than when, like you were there. It's
0: yeah, like, I, I saw him get I think
1: four outs. Um. <laughs> did I bring up something on the on the hot sheet because I did the hot sheet picks this week. Yeah, I did you it I didn't mean for this to be the case, but after I picked it, I like took a step back and was like, there feels like there's a heavy East Coast bias on this uh, this particular list, like, you know, Phillips and Chattanooga. We got Povich. I guess Canzone isn't isn't East Coast, but Shenton is. DJ Hurst is Tennessee, so it doesn't really count. Kobe Mayo, Spencer Jones, another Chattanooga guy. We got you know there's a handful of West Coast guys, but it just feels like there's a heavy East Coast buy. There were a bunch of Red Sox that made the list this week.
0: Wait a minute, how is how does Shenton not count? Shenton count, but Florida doesn't.
1: What? Why would Florida? Who didn't? You count said you Florida. said one of the
0: Florida guys doesn't
1: count. Who did I say doesn't count?
0: I forget who it was, but you said one, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute, Shenton's in like..."
1: No, I said Dominic Canzone.
0: I thought you said another one.
1: Especially- DJ Hers, who's Tennessee? Yeah, he Tennessee. I'm sorry, he said Tennessee. But you counted. uh so They're a, they're a, they're not as they're not as east as Chattanooga, right? Well, but they're both in, they're in the same league. Fair, fair, okay. Fine. You want I was gonna say that was more like a, a mid south one, but okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Like Montgomery isn't exactly uh, the um, you know, it's not in exactly New York. <laughs> and, and if you're if you can hear it on the podcast, I'm throwing things at my sliding glass door to get the squirrels away from my bird feeder. That's a little inside baseball here. <laughs> um, and then we'll go to the helium guy. Who
1: yeah, is- talk about the helium guy.
0: Jefferson Rojas. This is, you know, we, this this section uh, used to be Ben's uh, palace because he would pick the the, the J two guys that he liked the most, and I think it's kind of morphed into since Ben really doesn't do the hot sheet anymore uh, unless he's called into action, it's become Josh's palace, and uh, the Jefferson Rojas is the the Cubs shortstop who I again hope to see this week in Canapolis if. Weather will allow? I don't believe it will. So my pipe dream will remain a pipe dream. But he's a really interesting prospect uh, with the Cubs, who <laughs> has the strange quirk. He played one game in the ACL and got promoted. And what did he do in that ACL game, friends? Did he hit for the cycle? Did he hit three bombs? No, he went over three, and that gets you a bump to Lohe, which I just think is hilariously funny. Obviously, the Cubs didn't promote him. wasn't the promotion wasn't Hinging on the outcome of that game, but I just thought it was hilarious. Um, and now he's with low a Myrtle beach and is doing quite well for an 18 year old. Uh, he had, I think four straight games with two plus hits. He's got a bomb already. And he was kind of making some noise in extended spring training where you had some Scott saying, this guy might be a top 100 guy someday. Um, signed for, I believe a million dollars a couple years ago uh, on the strength of possibly being an off on offensive minded infielder. and very early indications are that he is indeed an offensive-minded infielder. Um, looking really forward to seeing him, if, if not this week, then someday uh, with the, the Myrtle Beaches, and if not, watching him on TV. It would be really fun to see him against Noah Schultz um, and the Fighting Canapolises. I would love to pair him up and watch Jackson Ferris for a second turn, but uh, we shall see.
1: Jeff, what is your schedule looking like for the week so I'm going to head out to the Cape Cod League. Um, you look.
0: to the Cape Cod League as J.J. Cooper is to the Rule 5 draft.
1: Carry that on. might actually be Peter Flaherty. I, I think Peter probably loves it more than I do. He lives down there during the summer. Grew up going to games since he was a yay high wearing a sailor suit. Um, a little, Lord suit. A
0: little Lord Fauntleroy suit? What? Little Lord Fauntleroy suit?
1: No, a sailor suit. I had, a, uh, I had a teacher in high school who used to say that yeah i've been doing this since i was yay high wearing a sailor suit so i picked up on it i dropped it i tried to bring it to the world and you you try to expand on it josh what, what are we even doing here um no but i'm going to be out of the at, at the cape cod league i've only seen two games so far i looking forward to getting out there for a few days unfortunately i missed Brody breck last night i think that was his last start um we'll be doing a, a podcast uh on thursday morning with peter as we get caught up on the cape cod League. peter is in Omaha but was out there for a lot of the first week so this week I'm gonna to try to bear down gonna be there like the next three days uh Yankeel Fernandez was then promoted uh to double a Hartford so I'm gonna head out to Hartford try to get some games this weekend Friday Saturday Sunday should be there i catching some Yankeel and some of the eerie pitchers though I'm gonna miss time Madden because I believe he's going tomorrow night but there's always a chance that I could pivot and maybe end up on the cape on a Sunday and decide to go to Hartford tomorrow night so We'll see. I got some options. New Hampshire is not around. Worcester has Lehigh Valley in town, which isn't all that interesting, frankly. Um, So we'll see where I end up. But I think my plan is to be at games from today and through Sunday. So trying to trying to get a big week of ramping up, get some games in. Then we got one more week and then I'm out in Seattle for the Futures game. So should be
0: fun. Well, my week, um, as I've said several times, depends on what the weather is doing and you know, uh, play the, the breaking news uh, horn. It's raining. Uh, it's very dark. It's raining. The thunder has scared the squirrels away. So mission accomplished. Uh, but I was hoping to go to the 16U tournament uh, out in Cary because convenience. And, you know, why not go out there, and take some video of some, some future guys um, for Ben and Carlos. Well, Carlos is out at the uh, MLB Combine in Arizona. And then he and Ben, I believe, are coming here for PDP and College National Team. And I will be helping out with College Mm -hmm. National Team. Uh, uh, As far as amateur events go, I really like that one. Um, A lot of fun guys for next year. I actually know who most of them are. And I can take video of them and do fun things with my slow-mo camera. Uh, It's always a fun event. And then... um, Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing from there on out, but except for a lot of writing, we have some content coming up. We did our releases of the top 30s updated. So now we're going to do look at tomorrow. That's Wednesday on the website for notable risers among each of the 30 systems. The next day, notable fallers. And the day after that, kind of injury updates as we can provide them. Um, And then we move on to updating the top 100 again, right beginning of July. And then we have another set of updates for uh, the 30s and the tread, trade deadline we'll, hear and, uh, we'll, we'll be here. And, yeah, that's cool. it for the next couple of months.
1: Just enjoy these couple of weeks before it starts to get in the dog days of summer and it feels like summer's ending and the season's ending. So
0: these are oh, my favorite
1: weeks of the year.
0: <laughs> you, I think that makes you a masochist.
1: Um, I
0: was just thinking the other day, like, you know – I would really like some winter weather right now. This, this whole ring out your shirt every time you go outside thing is upsetting. I don't much care for it. Like the other day it's I was, not I, as
1: humid here. It's not at, as humid here
0: up north. It'd be, uh, at the 17 usually. It's 8 in the morning, and it's 94 degrees, and uh, is- I am sweating bullets right now. I'm, I'm sweating like I'm in an uh, in, in, in interrogation room.
1: Yeah, I have, not gotten, uh, I have not gotten that sort of heat yet.
0: No, it was, it was quite upsetting. But it was 8 a.m. and whatever. Um, and I wore pants, which, you know, if you know me or do prior versions of me, I went months and months and months without wearing full-on pants. Like, I would be wearing I,
1: I always, like, I don't leave the house and go anywhere in shorts. I wear shorts at home. I don't really leave the house ever in shorts. Like I'm always in pants. Well, laddie, frickin', da. I bet you. were games, man. I, I could never go to a game in shorts. I, I went to my parents' house on Sunday, and they were like, Are "You going to a game?" And I'm like, "I'm wearing shorts." Come on.
0: Well, like I, 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 generally agree with that. Although I will say, like the, the scouts at these games were wearing shorts, which,
1: if they're doing it, it's fine by me. Mamba mentality here. I don't care.
0: I ain't they no. Can do it.
1: I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be stronger. I'm gonna be stronger. I'm gonna wear pants. It's my it's my Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality when it comes to going to games. You know? Kobe Bryant wore <laughs> shorts. Not if he was not if he was working for Baseball America and covering games, he wouldn't. Well, then he wouldn't be Kobe Bryant. He'd just be do- some dude named Kobe. He'd be Kobe Bryant, the baseball writer. Yeah, <laughs> but he wore shorts famously for a living.
0: <laughs> it was a terrible analogy.
1: That was his job. That was his job. I'm saying. I'm saying. I take the Mamba mentality. To my game prep, you know? I got my cameras ready. Everything's ready to go. It could rain. There could be an attack. It doesn't matter. I am ready. An attack? <laughs> a How bees? A swarm of bees rolls in. I'm prepared. I got everything in that bag, man. I got everything in that bag.
0: How are pants going to help you in an attack?
1: If it was bees?
0: If it was bees. My legs
1: wouldn't be exposed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's madness. Use your head, Josh. You're using the, you're living the leg prison lifestyle. I don't, I don't get I it. I love it. The leg I love it. prison lifestyle
1: is for fools. Hey man, we both know a scout that likes to dress well. I agree with him, man. I try to go to games in my low, you know, nice fresh sneakers, you know, matching hat. I try to stay. I try to. I try to keep it one hundred.
0: I'm trying to think the last time I dressed well.
1: <laughs> Ooh, a hey. BA banquet. No, no. Even then,
0: it was kind of a forty-five. Because uh, I am a thirty-eight-year-old man who does not know how to tie a tie, so I had to have JJ oh, really? tie it for me. Um, uh, wow. I remember one of our events in, in Vegas. We went to this really fancy restaurant, and to be fair, I, we didn't know it was going to be that fancy when we went there. We just knew we were going out to dinner, and I, I, I wasn't the only one who was like wearing, you know, khakis and a polo where it should have been, like, well, not black tie, but, like, gray tie, I guess. A satin tie and a white yeah. shirt. Yeah, and we're like, well, we certainly look like Cletus the slack-jawed yokel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some folk will never eat a skunk, but then again, some folk will like Cletus the slack-jawed yokel. And on that note, the bear and the parrot are going to fly and go back to their cave for the week. I hope you enjoyed this uh, descent into our respective madnesses for jeff i am josh have a good week